Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash filmpulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 253. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? Doing pretty good. It's good to be back. Had a couple weeks off there, but it's good right. to be back in the saddle. Well, hiatus, I guess. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about this show. Uh-oh. Feeling real good. Today, we're going to be talking about Julia DeCarno's Raw, which is out now on VOD platforms. We're going to round up new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray this week. But first, we have some news items and topics to discuss since we were off the last couple weeks. Mm. Got a, got some things going on here that I wanted to pick your brain about. Okay. Yeah. First, I want to thank our latest patron, Clark Zeiss. Thank you so much, Clark. If you want to help support the show and the website, you can go to patreon.com forward slash filmpulse. Throw us a buck a month. Keep the site, the podcast, and all that stuff ad and sponsor free. We appreciate that so very much. I want to start with Can. We'll start with the Cannes Film Festival. Okay. So that's wrapping up now. Yeah. The awards have been announced. Oh boy. We'll we'll get into those here in just a second. The first thing I wanted to talk about, I noticed um, the they premiered or they screened the new Twin Peaks there, and standing ovation. I don't know if you saw this. Standing okay. O, David Lynch was there. Tears in the eyes. It was incredible to see. Very heartwarming moment of the festival. I don't know if you've been watching the new Twin Peaks. My guess is no, you haven't. No, I can't. And it's you don't sad. have it's the uh, you don't have the show times. Who has Showtime? <laughs> uh, this is the number one thing that confused me. Like, because this came out, everybody was talking about Twin Peaks. Everyone's like, "Oh, episode one, episode two, da 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 da." And I'm like, "Oh, where can I see this?" So I look it up, and it's Showtime. And I'm thinking. How do all these people have Showtime? Well, Why you can have Showtime. You can sign up for they do like what they do with HBO now, where you can just sign up for Showtime now. Okay, like, like on demand. So everyone's just signing up because the Twin Peaks, and then yeah, they're gonna, gonna sign up. <laughs> they're gonna sign up. Watch, wait till Twin Peaks is, has ended, and then okay. and then disable their service. That's okay. I will say that, uh, of, of course, I've been watching it. I've been a huge Twin Peaks fan forever. And the new series is uh, absolutely incredible. It is, every episode is like you're watching a movie. It is just, it is so above and beyond what I expected it to be. I actually kind of thought it was going to be shitty. Like, I was, I was thinking to myself, 25 years later, can they do it? Can they make this work? You know, the, the whole original cast is back. Even even some of the kind of tertiary characters, everybody's back. And the the story is weird and intriguing. And the the thing that impressed me the most is the visuals. Like, from the first episode, he just goes batshit crazy right from the get-go. With the original series, it took a while. It was, like, pretty normal. Yeah, for Lynch yeah. until like the end of he it was sort of the same with like a lot of his movies where everything's sort of normal you can follow what's going on until the very end when he just you know spins it on its head and with the show the new season it's it is crazy right from the beginning and it just the visuals and just everything about it is is so well done I'm I've just been devouring it I watched the first four episodes which are out now, and there's 18 of them, so I'm really excited to get into that. I guess I should finish the, the first season and the second season. <laughs> I guess I should watch all those. You got a long way to go, my friend. Uh, what, what I would recommend you doing, because I have, I have that box set, I have the Blu-ray box set, and oh. I was going through and re-watching everything uh, right when the box set came out, but the box set came out like a year ago, yeah. so even after going through all of them again, I've I was kind of, there were certain aspects that I was forgetting about, certain things that I know that I forgot. So I kind of just went on YouTube and watched a couple refresher videos. Look at you. But honestly, it doesn't really 
It doesn't really matter. At least at this point in episode four, it doesn't matter. Like as long as you know the broad strokes of how the second season ended, then you're you'll be okay going into it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sick because it seems like everyone. I don't think I've noticed anyone, uh, you know, really disappointed with it. Yeah, the hype's real on this one. Another thing that happened at Cam. This was uh, this news came out. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I can't really remember. But uh, the the new Bong Joon Ho film Okja premiered there, mm-hmm. and this is going to be coming out on Netflix. So Netflix is putting this one out, and apparently the at the press screening for for it, they people in the audience booed so much and so loudly that they had to actually stop the screening. They, they had to stop the movie 10 minutes in. Yeah. And what's it? It was just because of the Netflix logo. It was just yeah. because of the Netflix thing. They started booing as soon as the Netflix logo came up. Yeah. The booing began. And I heard that they were doing it for other Netflix movies there as well. Okay. Not just that one, but... <sighs> Do what they, the hell? So do they do that with like Amazon Studios? Well, I guess so those probably actually, not. Those because play in theaters. Yeah, because with Amazon Studios, yeah. they always release those in theaters first. Then, yeah, after they end their theater run, they go to Amazon first. So they probably don't do it so much with Amazon. But I mean, the the disrespect that one would have these are these are people in a press screening. So. From what I understand, it wasn't actually press people that were doing this. It was exhibitors. So when you go to a film festival, if you go as press, a lot of times you'll be going to those screenings with exhibitors, theater owners, because they need to know what movies are coming out so that they can decide if they want to have them in their theater or not. So you see a lot of theater owners at film festivals going to these screenings and i guess what happened was they were pretty pissed that this movie was going to be on netflix and not in in their theater (laughs) and this just goes back to a conversation we had several weeks ago about netflix and their their push for movies and stuff and i think that it's kind of ridiculous i can understand why some people would prefer a theater over a netflix netflix experience i completely understand that but when you're disrespecting a, a film, someone's art form, because of that, I feel like it's counterintuitive to what you really should be in this business for. Well, it's just it's just super childish. Like, I'm going to boo a logo. Like, oh, shit, you showed Netflix. Watch out. Like, and, it, and it also <laughs> just, and it just goes back to, you know, I'm very excited for this movie coming out. And... If it if it is playing in theaters in my area, I will go see it in the theater. That's that would be my preferred method. But for you, for instance, yeah, who, who lives in a more rural area that doesn't get a lot of these foreign films, there's no way that movie would be playing near you. No, it's not coming. Yeah, no, that's the nice thing too for me. Get off on a Friday or whatever. I'm able to like have some excitement. Like okay. This movie's coming out. I get to see a movie, you know, a foreign movie. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that it's not in the preferred, you know, venue. Because, yes, I would like to see it in the theater as well. But not going to happen. So I get Netflix on my my, uh, 28-inch TV with my dog (laughs) biting my face the entire time. That's what I get. But it's just to me. But at least you get it. uh, Yeah, exactly. At least I get it. And it's still, and I have it at any point in time too which is nice you know right i can watch it late at night or you know the next day yeah you're not bound by show times and with a lot of these movies they have very small runs in theaters well, yeah. so and that's you have the other a very thing. limited window of opportunity to go see a movie yeah that's the other thing too with here is let's say we do get something you know that's kind of it surprises me like wow i didn't think that would come around here it's usually like you said it's got maybe two show times and it's going to be there for one weekend. So if I have something going on that weekend, sorry, missed it. Yeah. And it'll usually be like a four o'clock show and then a seven o'clock show. And it's like, well, one I'm at work and the second one, yeah, it's probably not going to happen either. And I think that, you know, one of the things is that Netflix was willing to take a risk with this movie. I, I don't know if, you know, another big studio was knocking it, 
Bong Joon-ho's door saying, hey, we would love to release this. I don't know if he would be like, no, nah, I don't think so. I want to go to Netflix. You know what I mean? So it was like Netflix was the one that put their money where their mouth is and was like, you know, this this is a really great idea for a movie. This sounds really good. Let's Let's do this. And other studios probably weren't willing to touch it. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, you don't really know, like, money, money-wise, like, what kind of what kind of money is Netflix throwing around? You know what I mean? Are they just coming in, guns a-blazing, just throwing ridiculous amounts of money at films? And then people are just like, hell yeah, I'm not passing that down. It's really hard to gauge how that works, because there's no advertising on Netflix, so yeah. they're, they're completely, their whole profit margin is based on user subscriptions and you have to think that that has plateaued right because at this point most people that are going to have netflix have netflix so it does make me wonder how much money they do have to throw around and it also makes me wonder what's going to be next for them because i have a feeling if they want their brand to grow they have to be doing something else to make more money well they have yeah because it seems like they are I mean, they're spending so much. They have like 900 TV shows. Yeah, they have a lot. I and mean, now, almost almost every week, one or two shows comes out. Yeah, and then they have, you know, now with the movies, they seem to be buying up left and right. You know, it seems like the last couple of film festivals, I mean, before the film festival even starts, they've already acquired like mm-hmm. 10 or yeah. so films. It's really interesting. I think that um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this and see how it grows. I mean, certainly their movie, their original movie library was a bit lacking yeah. in the beginning. And I think it's still not the best. It's not like we're not talking about like A24 or something here where they're just like cranking them out and it's just yeah. hit after hit. Well, and the, the other thing that's interesting to this whole Netflix you know, them acquiring films and such is the the fact that there's not a, a like a physical copy of the film. Mm-hmm. So like you have to have Netflix. It's not like you can just pop, you know, stop off at the red box. Right. Sucker up. Like, it's just weird to me that there's movies that are existing now that are like there's not a DVD version of it. That's actually a good point. I don't like, you're not because I don't think they do that. Yeah. I it's I, just that... only. Yeah, you you bring up a really good point there. Like, I don't know if any of these Netflix movies actually were released on physical media. I don't think they are. Come to think of it, I don't recall any of them coming out on Blu-ray. Because there's a part of me that thinks Netflix wants that to be done with. They just want I mean to that rid- that okay. So that that actually gives me pause. That that bothers me a little bit. I I I'm still a big supporter of physical media. I yeah. I like now. The only good thing to that is most people, most people, you know somebody with Netflix. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you can get a username and a password from somebody and jump on there and see it if you if you really wanted to see it. Sure. Yeah. I just think for archival purposes, yeah, having, having a physical copy of something is a must. And maybe they have them. They're just not, they don't just, they just don't sell them or something. Or maybe... Who knows? Maybe at some point they will start releasing their stuff on. I, I like. I think that the way that they should go with it is something like how Criterion does it, or something where they number them and they they make it a, a collectible. Yeah. They add they that. they add a lot of bonus content that you can't see anywhere else, and do what a lot of these other companies are doing to to sort of keep the uh, the physical medium alive, like yeah, uh, like Arrow and Scream Factory and all these. People. Yeah, make them a lot more uh, appealing. Hmm. Yeah, that is uh, that. That's really interesting. Like, I never even thought about that until just now. I I never have seen a Netflix original movie. Well, when I think like to begin with, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? Because they were kind of small movies that they were acquiring. Right, like a lot of docs and things. Yeah, which are just kind of like like you know stand up specials or docs on comedy and all this type of stuff mm-hmm. and then maybe you know like a small film here and there but now you're talking getting into david machab with brad pitt starring and it's like man there's probably people that want to see that right yeah i don't know i guess we'll see what what happens with that 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all develops because I feel like this is still such a new thing. Yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years how how this plays out. Yeah. So the winners of this year's Cannes Film Festival had have been announced. The uh, Palme d'Or went to the Square. This is the new Ruben Ostland film, the guy who did Force Majeure. Mm. Kind of interested in this movie. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm interested in all of these pretty much. The Grand the Grand Prix went to a movie called 120 Beats Per Minute. Yeah, I heard that's supposed to be pretty good. The jury prize went to Loveless, which was the new new one from the guy who did Leviathan. Okay, all right. Best actress went to Diane Kruger for In the Fade. Best actor went to jo- Joaquin Phoenix for You Were Really Never Here. That's the one I'm looking forward to right there. Best director went to Sofia Coppola for The Beguiled. This is interesting because this is she's the first female director to win the best director at Cannes uh, since 1961. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're curious, Yulia Selintseva won for The Story of the Flaming Years Dang, in 61. 61. Yep. Starting kind of interesting, kind of sad, but... <laughs> I mean that 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 might show progress there, right? Makes yeah, me more excited for the Beguiled. I was already pretty excited for it, but now I'm like really excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Best screenplay. This is a this is also an interesting one. There was a tie mm-hmm. for the the killing of a sacred deer, which is uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's new one, and you were never really here. Yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting. That doesn't happen often. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, some interesting stuff coming out of Cannes this year. Yeah. I'll just wait three years. <laughs> I think we're going to see a quicker turnaround for these. I think a lot of these we're going to see this year. Yeah, some of them. I mean, we know that The Beguiled's coming out. Yeah. I think that's coming out soon. But the other ones I imagine we'll see probably towards the end of the year for uh, the festival qualifiers and all that stuff. I can only hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the other big controversy is coming out this week. Alamo Drafthouse earlier in the week announced that they will be doing a female-only screening of Wonder Woman. So, yes, enough. You think? <laughs> so they're they're going to do a female-only screening of Wonder Woman, and people just men. Uh, let's just say it, men. Just, uh, don't, don't completely uh, lost their shit over it for no. I mean, it, I just I couldn't wrap my head around it when because because when I read it. I read it before, like, all the backlash started. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And then and then you just see this, like, torrent of people saying that, oh, that is sexist and blah, blah, blah. Discriminating. And which, again, I was much like you. Exact same thing where I was just, I read it and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, I saw the backlash as you did. And I just thought, oh, man, of course. But who the fuck cares? But the thing that got me was like day two, saw some more. Day three, saw even more. Yeah, they keep day going four. on and on about <laughs> just it. Like, are you serious, guys? Like, like they act like they're not going to be able to see the movie. Like, you're going <laughs> to be able to see Wonder Woman when it comes out on Friday. I, you I, will be able to see it. I hope that that's what Alamo does. They're well, what, just like, you know what? No man. Well, what they did do. So there was there was day one, huge backlash. Day two, they were like, you know, we heard your complaints. We're going to add another screening of it. So they added a second. They did it again. So now there's two screenings, which I love. I love, this is why I love Alamo Drafthouse. I also read that during those special screenings, it's going to be entirely female-led. So the... Um, like the ticket takers, the concessions, the the uh, chefs, every everybody running the show is going to be female. So it's entirely female. Huh, I didn't know that. Yep. That's good. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's I think it's really I think it's a really cool idea. Now, I, I said this on Twitter. Like maybe what they can do just to shut men up is just have a men only screening of some some movie like Over the Top. And just have a have a dude party. But I would like them see to what do happens a, there. I would like them to do a men's only, but you know something just you like what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah, it's only screening of that. Or Mother's that would be Day funny or something like that. 
because they seem that's just it's so ridiculous to me. And I love the argument like you would never see a men only screening of this. And it's like, you know what? If you did a men only screening of something like that was really kind of male centric, like the raid or something, you you wouldn't see a backlash. You just wouldn't see a female backlash from that. They wouldn't care. They'd be like, Oh, okay, whatever. But they would also, you know, they would not want to be, you know, they wouldn't want to like, force their way in there and be like oh yeah i want to be the only woman in that theater (laughs) yeah they don't want that i mean that's why i mean the whole point of it it's just sad enough that we have to do the the female only screening you know just for them to be able to feel comfortable well i don't know if it's it definitely helps though i don't know if that's the intent but it definitely helps i think that it's just this is a this is a big one of the first big female superhero movies directed by a female and i think that there's a lot of good that can come of that i mean especially for you know young young girls out there so good on you alamo don't let these assholes bring you down i'm just wondering what's going to happen at the screenings if there's going to be men's rights activists protesting or any kind of nonsense like that going on that's where that's what kind of what i want to see because it's one thing to do the, you know, to go with outrage mode on your Twitter. But if I see people, like, fucking showing up at this screening to protest, give me a fucking break. Like, that's just a whole nother level. Yeah, that's that's rid- even more ridiculous. All right. That about does it for news. Uh, I could mention that the new Steven Soderbergh movie, Logan Lucky, got a trailer this weekend. Pleasant surprise. Yeah. So they, I guess they premiered the trailer at the Coca-Cola 600, big NASCAR race. And that's kind of uh, the, the um, where the movie takes place. It's these two brothers that decide to uh, rob the Coca-Cola 600, pull a heist. The old NASCAR race heist. It shows you how much I know about NASCAR. I didn't know that the Coca-Cola 600 was actually a real thing. I thought it was just a made-up race for the movie. <laughs> uh, Did you? Did you know it was a real thing? I just assumed it was. You I know, mean, I knew that I they knew were, that... like, from the trailer, I knew that they at least got the permission of NASCAR because it was, like, it looked, there were, like, actual NASCARs and stuff, but... I didn't yeah. know that it was that specific race was actually real. I just know that it's usually like some product and then a ridiculous number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess I, I guess that's like the mile, like miles, right? It's like six hundred mile race, something. Is it miles or laps? I don't know. Maybe laps, or maybe it's the lap one mile. I don't know. All I know is it's boring as shit. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, I mean, cars driving in a circle. <laughs> And, and the thing about NASCAR is that, that the races are so long. It's like four hours long. You're just mm-hmm. watching that shit forever. It's like all day. It's funny because there's people in my family that are really into NASCAR. And they get so excited, right? That they're like, yeah, NASCAR races on, NASCAR races on. Can't wait. Like lap 12, they're all sleeping. And then they <laughs> sleep the rest of the race. <laughs> And they'll usually wake up when there's like four laps left. And then like, and you know, and then when, once it's over, they'll be like, damn, that was a great race. That was awesome. Can't wait until next week. And I'm like, you, you sleep. Like, that's all you do. You watch like 10 minutes of this and sleep the other three <laughs> hours and 50 minutes. Uh, is there, is there a season? Is NASCAR, is there a season around that? I'm pretty sure there is. So they have like an off season, like during the winter time where they don't race. Yes. I don't know. I just, there's so much of that world that I don't know anything about. I went to a NASCAR race once. Oh yeah. I've been to races. I haven't been to an actual NASCAR race. I've been to plenty of races, like stock car races and sprint car races. We were in North Carolina and they were like, Hey, we have a ticket to a NASCAR race. One extra. I was like, yeah, why not? See what this is all about. Ended up being the hottest day. It's like 115 degrees, and it is it is the worst thing. It's so loud. Like everyone wears like headphones, like noise mm-hmm. because it's too loud. And I just don't I don't understand. Like how's that enjoyable? 
Because they like the loud. Because they're power. putting, but they're putting like headphones on and like listening to the radio. And it's like, why don't you just watch it at home then? At least you don't have to sit out here in 115 degrees paying nine dollars for a bottle of water. I don't know, man. There's so much of NASCAR that I just don't understand. I mean, people people can like it. I totally respect people being into it, but I just to me, I just don't get it. All right, let's move on. Talk about our review this week, Raw. So this is written and directed by Julia DeCarno. I have a synopsis here. When a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at a vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. This one, uh, I had a feeling that it was going to be intense because I heard stories about people fainting and vomiting and screenings. So whenever you hear that, you're like, okay, it's going to be intense. But anytime you hear about that stuff, you're just like, give me a break. But and and certainly this movie didn't make me want to faint or vomit or anything like that. But it it, it did certainly make me feel uncomfortable. It made me squirm. There was some squirming in my seat a number of times. Uh, And movies like this, like this is why I love body horror movies, because when I see a movie like this, no other horror movies really make me that uncomfortable. But for some reason, man, body horror movies just they just they get under your skin and they just make you so unsettled. And that's what this movie very successfully did for me. I there's so many scenes in this movie where I'm just like, oh, God, oh, God. Because uh, it's very disturbing. Uh, yeah, although disgusting. I will I will say that it was... I thought that it was uh, very well made, though. Like, it looked gorgeous. And there were so many weird little sequences that I thought were shot that just looked so incredible. Like, the like most of them were just, like, little kind of throwaway things. Like, a lot of the hazing stuff that they did. Like, the crawling. Just how they framed it and shot all of the students kind of crawling to that area. And the... Um, the paint thing I thought was really cool. Like that scene really worked for me when they just assaulted her with paint. Slammed her with paint. Yeah. So overall, although I will say that it was incredibly disturbing, I'd say that's probably, I thought it was disturbing in a good way because I I liked the movie quite a bit. So what were your initial thoughts on Raw? My initial thoughts is I agree with you in the the well-made department. I think this thing, the way it's shot, really helps it out. Because there's a lot of sequences that seemed superfluous, but I didn't mind because of the way in which they were shot. I was just kind of on board anyways, because I'm just like, I like these visuals. That's like, this, you know, is this a pointless sequence, perhaps? But that's okay with me, because I'm getting them visuals that I'm looking for. Uh, I found it extremely disturbing. It's fucking gross. Yeah. Just throw them out there. It's just gross. The hair scene. Yep. Fucking hair scene. God. That was awful. And it just kept going and going. Yeah, that was... But her hair looked the same. Come on now. Well... You eat that much hair? Come on now. <clears throat> but, I mean, there were some things that, it, overall, I it didn't 100% work for me. You know, the entirety of the, of the storyline and everything that they were going for. You know, I thought... The majority of it worked, um, but for the stuff that didn't, it was more than made up for with the visuals. Yeah, there were there were a few sequences that had me kind of scratching my head as well. Like especially like the 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 opening scene of the movie involves. I don't know if you can really tell who it is at that point, but it was hmm, a girl. We'll say a girl that runs out into the middle of the road and causes a car to crash, and just that whole sequence both at the beginning and then when it actually happened in in the the narrative, I, I found myself kind of confounded as to why that why she went to those lengths to do that. And it just didn't seem like, okay, so she's not just like kind of a mean person. She's actually like a psychopath. Like this, this person is unhinged and it completely changed how I felt about that character yeah. after that happened. And at that, and, after it happened, I was like, okay, well, t- to me, she was irredeemable at that point. Like, I completely wrote that character off. And I just felt like there were a couple instances where the characters would do certain things that were confusing to me. Like, I don't know if that, if I really buy that this character would be doing that in this situation. Um, well, there's, but, a, there's a lot of things that 
because I thought the actual the ending ending kind of like the final reveal I think that took a lot of the wind out of the sails for me because it just kind of you know I'm kind of like looking back on what I was seeing beforehand with this newfound knowledge and I'm just kind of like wait a second like what like you're so you're just terrible parents yeah I mean maybe we should get into some spoilers on this because they're there are a number of things that I think we could discuss, especially about that ending. So I think what we'll do is, but again, the thing was that even when I kind of thought back and I was like, well, it doesn't, it kind of fell apart with that, with that reveal. Yeah. At least in my eyes, but at the same time, I was kind of, you know, thinking back to the execution of it all where I was like, you know, you know what? Yeah. It kind of falls apart, but like, even with the, how you were saying about the, uh, the, the initial sequence with the car and everything, because that kind of threw me off as that, you know, I didn't really understand what was going on in that first scene. Well, especially before the reveal and you understand what's. Yeah. Cause and she's like, what? <laughs> like yeah. what? Yeah. Cause it was just like, okay, is this, I thought this, this was like a, like a hazing Like, What the hell's going on here? We're just like straight getting into like people forcing people to veer off the road. But the way that, that she comes back to it and kind of puts it all together, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I got to give you credit for that, the way that that was handled and revealed. Because even they have the this when they take their trip or whatever, and they kind of go past the the crime scene mm-hmm. or the accident, and you're still just like, what is the importance of this? Like, how does this come back? Right. So it's stuff like that that I think made up for it. I mean, there is, and there's a little bit of just kind of, you just kind of go like stop getting hung up on things making sense because the whole veterinarian school just seemed extremely bizarre to me yeah i mean the school like, itself so like how are there that many kids so just like, to, how do you have, have that many veterinarians yeah just to step back a little bit so the the main character is what's her name justine she is going to this very prestigious veterinary school where her older sister already attends and are both her parents vets or is just one of her yeah, parents vets? Both her parents, okay. Yeah. That's where they So both her parents are also vets. So they go to this like prestigious veterinary school. The moment that she arrives, there's this like crazy hazing thing that starts to happen. And the school itself, it reminds me of one of those like uh, Blue Spring or Crow Zero, one of these crazy uh Japanese dystopian future high schools where there's like really no teachers and the kids just do whatever they want and it's just like it's like a lord of the flies situation happening yeah i mean there are teachers they show teachers but it seems like the teachers have almost no interaction with these students whatsoever it's like they have no idea what's happening in this school yeah it's just like there's a lot of damage being done and you know it's it's like how do these kids have access to the morgue where are they getting all this paint from? Like, they should have probably gotten a shit ton of trouble. I mean, there's paint all over the room. There's paint everywhere. You just got paint all over the place. Yeah, and the, and the fact just, that they throw all the kids, uh, the, all their stuff, including their mattresses, out the window. Like, that's destruction of property right there. Yeah, plus it's just a mess. You have trash all over the place now. Yeah, the school... For being, a, be, for, for being a veterinary school, which you would think would be very sterile and clean, it's like disgusting. Like this, the school's in shambles. <laughs> but it's so prestigious. It's just such a odd paradox that's happening with this school. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I just, you know, it's just why is veterinarian school so intense? I know it is what? really intense. Like, why is there all this hazing? Like, and, the, and all the students are like completely out of control too. Yeah, there's just where are they getting all this animal's blood? Like, do they not lock any doors in this school? Evidently not. Is there not a groundskeep that's like, holy shit, we got to move all these mattresses? This is ridiculous. Yeah, again, going back to what you said, it, you're right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but stylistically, it all worked. Like, it looked really yeah. cool, and it made for an interesting story so i didn't bother me so much i mean i i love those crazy japanese uh thrillers or action movies that take place in these kind of decrepit schools that just seem to have no teachers and the kids just run the place like the crow zero and yeah. blue Spring. well and i think that, that there's a there's a certain scene that kind of kind of signals to you that you know there's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing going on here 
Right. Just the way that the, the finger scene is handled. <laughs> the finger scene. <laughs> and I love that it takes, it takes forever and it takes forever. And you're just like, I have a feeling I know how this is going to go. Oh, yeah. But is it going to go that way? And yep. it just keeps keeps stalling and stalling and stalling. And it finally happens. And you're just like, oh, God. Okay, this is what this movie's going to be. One random scene that, that I thought was really kind of gross was they they go to this party and the camera is like panning through the party and as it goes through the crowd there's there's a guy and a girl and the girl licks the guy's eyeball yeah what what is that is and that a french thing like i think that like it got the camera got so close there was like okay well there's no way that this is not i mean like she literally licked that guys these are two actors that were hired specifically for the purpose of one of them licking the other one's eyeball yeah and see this is where you have small things that i kind of get like hung up on because now i want to know like if if i were to interview this director i think all my questions would revolve around this scene and what happens there because I want to know if, was there a direction that it was like, okay, you two people, you know, you're essentially extras. You're probably getting paid nothing. Yeah. I want you to lick this guy's eyeball. All right. <laughs> and I want to know, like, was there, was there any kind of like hesitation or was it like full immediate buy-in or were they like, you know, um, could you explain that to me a little bit? Like, what exactly do you want? Or was this, you know, they were just like, okay, you're extras, you're at a party. And like, as the camera's going through, this girl just starts looking at this guy's eye, you, and the guy is like, "Okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's just go with it." Either way, it's incredible. Like either exactly. whichever route was the correct one, it's just like, uh, it's incredible. Either one. And that's and that's what I wonder now is like, is the you know the camera person kind of like trying to get through the scene, and you're just kind of in the middle of this. You have the eye licking thing. He's just like, well, I guess I'll stop and film this for a little bit. I just like the thinking about the audition process where they, they bring one of the actors in and just say, okay, just so you know, this role does involve eyeball licking. Are you yeah. okay with that? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, sure. You gotta, you gotta think that that, that had to be like ad-libbed because who in God's green earth would be like, okay, this is, it's a party scene. You guys are extras. You're just partying, you're making out, whatever. I, I have a really hard time seeing someone like saying all that and then pulling two people off the side and be like, okay, what I want you to do specifically is I want you to be licking his eyeball <laughs> but, when the but, camera's going through. But I also have a hard time believing that it would that it would be ad-libbed. I mean, who does that? Like, in, in all my years of watching movies, I've literally, I don't think I've ever seen somebody lick somebody else's eyeball before. That's what I mean. Like, And I can't wait. imagine it being an ad-libbed thing where you're just like, okay... I'm an extra. How do I? How do I kind of get the camera's attention? I'm an extra in this in this party in this party scene. Oh, I know. I'll lick this guy's eyeball. <laughs> like, how do you go to that? And you know, if it, if it, that's the case, because you you almost think that that can't be the case, because if you're the guy, you would. He's got to back off right off the bat and be like, "Yo, what the hell are you doing? My eyeball." Yeah, he embraces it. Like he's into it. He's, he's, he's got that eye full open. Yeah. He's not blinking on anything. Like, I don't think I'd physically be able to let somebody lick my eyeball. I think I would instinctively... I can barely put, con- put contacts in. <laughs> yeah. I think I would instinctively close my eyes and back away. It's like um, when you go to the eye doctor and you get the glaucoma test. Like, yeah, you, know that little, that, you know that little puff of air is coming. Like, it, it's going to... And every time they have to redo it, one, yeah. one of my eyes at least a couple times because I, I blink before it happens. Because they wait so damn long. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like they keep you in suspense. And, and my head, every single time, dude, my head just jerks but back. <laughs> like, fuck. It's, it's embarrassing. It's one of those things that you just, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. So there were a lot of scenes like that. For some reason, man, when I saw that scene, though, I just I couldn't get over that. So crazy. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to add anything else before we talk about some spoilers? Uh, the only thing that I would add is two things. One, I kind of already said that, like the way in which this is shot and executed, the cinematography, I think is fantastic, and the uh, the lead performance, 
I think really sells. Oh it. yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we should kind of underscore that because she was incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, there's there's a couple of scenes where I'm just the uh, the sex scene and the yeah. way in which that ends was goodness gracious. Yep, it's uh, it's pretty intense, and she she does an, an amazing job. Uh, I think the the sister Alexia, played by Ella Rumpf, she does a good job too. Um, yeah, yeah. But man, I was I was yeah, pretty blown yeah. away with with uh, her performance. Uh, I'll try to pronounce her name, Garance Marley. Sure, I have a feeling it's that close, but it's close as I can make it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's give a score for Raw. Actually, well, let's let's talk about spoilers, and then we'll we'll come back and uh, give a score for it. So. We're going to talk spoilers now. I'll put the time code in the show notes, and you can come back uh, if you do not want to be spoiled in a spoiler section now. Now, the, the big reveal is that the whole family is cannibals. So that's, they were... She I think was, it's just the women, right? Well, the, yeah, right, yes, not the father. So it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's Justine and her sister and her mom. All three of them are... Cannibals. Uh, the her parents met at the at the school, and I guess the the father found out shortly thereafter that that uh, his girlfriend was a cannibal, and he just kind of rolled with it. He was like, you know what, I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. The thing that I, the thing that about it that I I was kind of like questioning is why would you do that to your to your partner to your to your husband? You know, because he he lifts up his shirt at the end, and it is just he is. He is fucked up. Like he, he looked like guess, um, he looked like in the, he looked like the dude in the Frighteners at the end when he lifts up his shirt and he has all these crazy scars all over his body. But I'm just wondering, you can't curb he, your needs through other means. No, he's he's a supportive guy because yeah. he knows what it what it entails. It means that she's gonna have to kill some people. I guess, know, but which is. Which, which is what their first daughter does. Right. Which, and that, that was kind of the, the thing that threw me, where they're kind of like, yeah, you know, she, we should have helped her find a solution, but she kind of always did her own thing, and da 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 da. And it's like, so hold up. You just know that your daughter is a cannibal, and you're not really helping out in any way whatsoever. Now, you already know that mother or your wife is, and your first daughter is. So, you know, maybe you should discuss this with with your daughters. Like, what what's going to happen? What you need to do? You know? Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of discussion. Yeah, the fact that they kept it from Justine, I think, is that's a big problem because it, maybe if she knew ahead of time, she would never have eaten that rabbit kidney, which started the whole you know yeah. whole thing. Which I guess is like that's I guess that's what kicks it off is if they if they like if she went through the hazing and her all of her years there and didn't eat anything you know yeah she, because I, I guess, guess she didn't she have the taste okay. she didn't have yeah. the taste for it so you would think as the mother that you would kind of point that out like hey it is imperative yeah do not eat meat if you do you should talk to me like you know <laughs> like because I gotta give you a heads up on what's gonna start happening. I would, yeah, I would, like, instill fear in her, like, right away. Just be like, look, you're allergic to it. If you eat any meat at all, you will immediately die. <laughs> like, that's what I would say. That way they will definitely avoid it. I just, you know, that to me, that just, I thought we could have just left it, you know, in the air. You know, like, that reveal to me was, I guess. I thought it was cool. Of, yeah, I mean, it just kind of. I don't know. I like a little more ambiguity. I I mean, I figured as much after the sister uh, did her thing. So I was like, okay, we'll must run in the family. So I kind of figured that. But the thing is, it didn't pack as much of a punch because we spent so little time with the parents anyway. Yeah. And see, for me, it's, it's, you know, if, if you just kind of leave it up in the air and you don't really know, you know, I'm going to have questions, but there are going to be questions that I'm kind of like, you know, I want to see more. I want to know more. And that's never going to happen. I'm never going to be satisfied. Right. And here, now I have questions, but it's not like 
they're not appetizing questions to me. They're just kind of, now I'm just kind of questioning what I saw beforehand. It's not like I want more. Now it's just me questioning what I've already seen. Yeah. Which if I had one of the, you know, one of the, if I had to pick one of the two, I want the one where I'm thinking more about the film in the future that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get the information to. One thing that bothered me is when they, so she, I guess this, we can segue this, uh, the, the finger scene, pretty big scene in the movie. Uh, so this, the two sisters are together, uh, and the older one, Alexia, she decides to give Justine a Brazilian wax. So she's waxing her pubes and it gets stuck. And that, first of all, that whole scene in and of itself was really difficult to watch. Cause it's just, you could see that. Of course, they brought in the camera so close to the hair being pulled out that you're just like, oh, my God. Because in my head, all I could think was like, stop, stop, stop pulling. Yeah. It, 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 like at that point, it just wasn't working. They needed to do something. So, so anyway, she goes and grabs these, this giant pair of scissors. And inadvertently, after Justine freaks out about her having a giant pair of scissors so close to her vagina area, she cuts off her own finger. And... She passes out, and Justine eats the finger in this extremely long, drawn-out scene where she's like, she's she's debating it, like she doesn't want to, but then she's like, well, maybe I'll try a little bit of the blood, and then she's like, okay, well let's let's do this. I'm gonna try to eat this finger. So then they, she eats the finger, which in and of itself was just really, <laughs> really difficult to watch. It was really. Just the, the, the sounds, the sounds that were happening as she was eating it, the crunching and the, it was just like, oh my God. But then they blame it on the dog and then they put the dog to sleep because of that. And I was just like, yeah. that is, that's, that's terrible. But I did wonder, cause there's a dog at the end. So did they have, did they have another dog? At the that was a different house? dog. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't dog. know if it was a new dog or a different one, but. Yeah. But yeah, blame it on the dog. And one of the things that bothered me was that. The sister, who was the owner of the dog, didn't even give a shit. She was just like, whatever. Yeah. She did she didn't care at all that they were putting that dog to sleep. And I was just like, right then and there, I was like, something's wrong with this person. Something something is definitely wrong with her. Yeah. But yeah, so I didn't like that. Of course. Of course I'm gonna have a problem with that. I mean we were supposed to. It was it was the intention. Yeah. And when plus the you know they kind of throw that line in there it's like well he has a taste for it now yeah can't trust him exactly and also which was which was one of the things that was kind of it's like uh, you didn't need to go there like we, that's kind of already implied we have that defaulted into our minds going in people hear that shit so often well maybe yeah I mean maybe they just wanted to further justify the fact that they were killing the dog but I think at that point if we we all know why. Yeah, I know that's that's the you know the common way of thinking. It's that oh, he has a taste for blood now. He eat that finger. Uh, any other kind of spoiler talk? Uh, I guess we could talk about the the big, the big uh, other big kind of climax that happens at the end where Alexia eats the roommate. Yeah, while she was just in sleep. So, damn, that was uh, that was a and bit again, of a bummer. And again, the way that that I I. I like the way that that was handled because she, Justine kind of wakes up and thinks that she's the one that did it. Right. And she's all, you know, kind of pissed off. And then she comes to realize that it's not the case. Nope. It's her dumb, stupid sister. <clears throat> and I got to say the, the effect of the leg, the eaten leg looked really good. Yeah. Like that was really, really well done. I thought that all of the kind of blood and makeup effects and stuff in this movie were really well done. I agree. And a lot of the stuff, I just, like, I couldn't even tell, like, especially the, the kind of animal stuff. I don't know if those were real or fake or what, but it all looked very real. Yeah. Yeah. Very real and very disturbing all around. The school's out of control. They need to shut it down. They do need to shut it down. Shut that school down. It's making freaking cannibals. It's a cannibal factory. It truly is. Got three... Three cannibals coming through there. I mean, that's insane. That's three too many. Yep. All right, let's uh, shut down this this spoiler section here. All right, 
what are you going to give Raw out of 10, Kevin? Mm, I'm thinking like a seven and a half, maybe an eight. I'm going eight on this one. Okay. I was I was pretty big on this one. This this is probably as of right now. This is uh, this is up there. This is top ten material for me uh, for 2017. Out. Can it hold on? I was yeah. I was very taken with this movie. Like I said, as a lover of horror films, uh, very very few actually really disturb me, and this this was definitely gotcha. one of them. They like this I said before, they they tend to be the body horror movies. Those just really. Man, they stick with you. They they don't leave you. Was it the was it the hair? I mean, the hair scene was was definitely something. But I mean, even even at the beginning, when she like after she ate the the rabbit kidney and kind of broke out in those disgusting that rash oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff, and that, the the scene where she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like peeling it, just all of that stuff. It's just like <laughs> oh my god, because again the. The effects work looked so good, and the and the makeup looks was so well done that it really looked like that doctor was peeling up her skin. Yeah, I, I kind of did forget about that. That was disgusting. So I would definitely recommend checking out Raw. Just understand going into it that it is uh, it, it's a tough watch, and if you Ooh, are gross. squeamish when it comes to kind of body horror stuff, uh, just be forewarned. It's it's very intense. All right, let's talk about some movies coming out this week. The big one, Wonder Woman. Yes. What do you think about Wonder Woman? Are you are you kind of uh, ambivalent? I'm, no, I'm actually pretty excited. Pretty excited? Okay. I'm pretty excited, and I'm not 100% sure why. Um, I don't really know anything about Wonder Woman besides the, the aircraft and the lasso and Linda Carter. I've never seen anything to do with Wonder Woman, so I don't I don't know why. I think maybe it's just because it it has the it has the potential to be something different in the superhero genre. I hope so. I I don't know if it's going to be something different per se. I think that it'll just but I, be. But I mean, at least her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's it's going to be someone different in the starring role. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll talk more about this on this week's Ryan watches a movie. So stay tuned for that on Thursday. We also have Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. This is based on the popular children's book series. Uh, doesn't look very good to me. I'll be skipping that one. Not in, are you into the Captain Underpants? Is that like a... No. 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 I mean, it looks fine, I guess. For I'm sure if I was five years old, I'd probably love it. All about that, Captain. I learned today there was someone, someone posted on Twitter that I guess one of the, the biggest... Uh, children's manga in japan is a butt detective a butt detective it's a guy and his face is a butt that's his head is a butt and he's a detective hmm. and he solves crimes well there was that uh remember there's that show assy mcgee i think it was called on adult yeah, Swim. Like, this is for kids and it's huge apparently huh. <laughs> and his face looks it's a butt interesting yeah it's just i don't i don't know why captain underpants made me think of that I guess this is our version of the butt detective. Maybe. I think I'd rather have the butt detective, honestly. Uh, okay, we have I, Daniel Blake finally coming out. Yeah, that's been a while. I know. Jesus. I don't know what took him so long to release that. I mean, they must have, because wasn't that nominated for best something? or Was it nominated so. for anything? I don't know. I almost said foreign language film, but, but I know it's not that. I could have sworn... I mean, it won a bunch of awards. I don't know if it was up for any Oscars, though. Maybe it didn't qualify. I don't know. I heard nothing but amazing things about it, though, so I'll probably be checking that one out. Dean comes out. This is the Dimitri Martin one. It's uh, I saw this at Tribeca last year. It's a, it's a decent romantic comedy. I think it's the first like, movie that he, he um, directed. It's his directorial debut. I like the... Um... You know, they, I guess they have a new poster for it, and that poster kind of gives you an idea of essentially what you're going to be seeing. Well, there's a mediocrity. There's a good poster that's just yeah. it says Dean in parentheses. Correct. That's the good poster, and then the new one is absolutely one, atrocious. I think the new one kind of. I mean, whenever I see a poster like this, I'm just like, oh, okay, that movie's mediocre. I mean, it's. I think it's a slightly above mediocre. Slightly above that, it was it was it had its moments. It was pretty funny. 
if you like Dimitri Martin, I mean, it's basically a lot of it is just like a Dimitri Martin stand-up special, like gotcha. lots of drawings and kind of like animated versions of his drawings and stuff. Okay. All right. It's it's a somewhat amusing, I would say. We have Handsome Devil. We have Band Aid. I'm actually interested in Band Aid. Okay. It's about a couple who uh, decide to work on their marital issues by forming a band and singing about their problems. Okay. And it's with uh, Zoe Lister-Jones, who also wrote it and directed it, Adam Pally and Fred Armisen. Okay. So it seems... Uh, it could be some. Yeah, it seems pretty fun. Churchill. This is the biopic of Churchill. You don't need any more Churchill. Like, why all of a sudden is Churchill blowing up and everywhere? Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I just don't understand that shit. Yep. Letters from Baghdad. This That's a documentary. Vincent and Roxy. The crime, crime thriller. Well, the fact that it's called N, mm, like N, I'm not into that. <laughs> I don't like things that use N instead of and. Well, you're not even in the decency of throwing some, you know, an apostrophe. Well, and the and the, uh, the tagline is love is a crime. Love is a crime. No, it's not. No, unless it's unless you're doing something that is a crime, which I don't want to watch a movie about that. Yeah, this is with Emile Hirsch and Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know. Capitalizing the end. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what that's all about, man. Decisions. Not into it. We got past life. We got the B side. Elsa Dorfman's portrait. <clears throat> got dark. Isn't that the new? Isn't that someone? Isn't that someone? Uh, Who is that? Errol Morris. Yeah, it's the new Errol Morris documentary. It's about the photographer. Okay. Dark Signal. The Recall. Three Idiots. Mm-hmm. Sammy Blood. And oh my God, there's more. Dee Dee's Dreams, Love, Kennedy, Opening Night, God of War, Aaron's Blood. So we have Sammy Blood, and then we have Aaron's Blood also coming out. Do a double feature right there. <laughs> Dude, do a blood, a bloody double feature. All About the Money, uh, Tatara Samurai, From the Ashes, Dobara, See Your Evil, Beautiful Accident. Holy crap. Too many. I was slightly interested in this Sammy Blood movie. But now you just you just gotta pair that up with Aaron's Blood. I don't know if I will. Aaron's Blood looks like a kind of generic horror movie. I just I don't know if I'm I'm into that. VOD next week. We have let's see. Be Afraid. Long Strange Trip. That's a four and a half hour documentary about the Grateful Dead. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, put that on your watch list, Kevin. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't like the Grateful Dead. I'm. I will admit that wholeheartedly. I enjoy the Grateful Dead, but I'm not not enough to watch a four-hour documentary. Vincent and Roxy's coming out on VOD. Handsome Devils coming out. Uh, oh yeah, Aaron's Blood is coming out, but it's June sixth. All right, Blu-ray next week. Let's see what we got on the list here. We got the Shack. Got Before I Fall. Did I see that? No, I didn't see that. We have a review for that on the site, though. That's the kind of Groundhog Day one, I think. Uh, let's see. Collide. We have Blackenstein from 1973 getting a Blu-ray release. Future Shock, the story of 2000 AD. That's a uh, pretty interesting documentary about the uh, the famous um, comic book magazine, yeah. art magazine, mm-hmm. the one where yeah. Judge Dredd basically came out of. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, Evil Ed is coming out on Arrow. This is from 1995. I'm definitely going to be checking this one out. I, I've always wanted to see Evil Ed, and I think now that it's out on Blu-ray, I will get a chance to to see it. Speed Racer, the complete series, is coming out on Blu-ray. It's, All right. Yeah, thank God for that. Fist Fight coming out. It's the one with Ice Cube and uh, Charlie Day. <laughs> Wasn't that just in? Wasn't that like didn't that yeah, open last like was, weekend? No, not last, but it was a pretty quick turnaround time. But the Black Coat's Daughter is coming out. Uh, pretty average horror film. Not into it. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got here? Just a whole bunch of anime. Nice. As usual. I'm, I'm about to get into some of that, I think. 
I would recommend Food Wars. I would highly recommend One Punch Man, as yeah, as I've yeah. mentioned multiple times, too many times on the show. I've seen. I I started. I haven't finished it yet. But um, what's it called? Tekken Concrete. Tekken Concrete. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Not, not... It's based on a manga, black and white. It's a movie, but man, I just, just watching that sucker. I was like, I need to, I need to get back into that. I need to start getting some mangas. Yeah, I I read all of the One Punch Man manga, and I was I was uh very into it. It was it was nice getting back to it because I've been out of it for years. So, yeah. so finding some of these uh, series is really nice. I will also mention that Malibu High is coming out. It's uh, from 1979. I think uh, is that a Vinegar Syndrome release? Yeah, it is. I could tell. What do we got on the Criterion front next week? Uh, we got a we got a two. We got a double. Uh, we have Ghost World. Oh boy. Uh, which for me and you, and I'm sure a number of people of our age, this is this is one of those movies. I think. Oh, absolutely. Kind of first got you, know what I mean? First got you into film. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually working on a review for this right now. So it should be up probably tomorrow or well, I guess it'll be up the day that uh the show comes out. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's criterion good? Yeah, it's great. Um it's got I mean the the special features are are okay in it. There's a uh a new docu- uh documentary, making of documentary. Okay. Sort of. It's more like interviews with um, it's interviews with Scarlett Johansson, um, Thor Birch, and uh, what's the uh, Elena Douglas, the yeah, yeah. the teacher. It's the interviews with the three of them talking about their time on the film. So it doesn't they don't talk to like Terry Zwigoff or Steve Buscemi. They, they do have interview with Thor Birch. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's just that I see here that it also has uh, an audio commentary. It does, yeah. Daniel Close. That's that's interesting too. Yeah, apparently he was like really, really involved with the uh, the making of the movie. Like he was involved every step of the way and helped kind of shape the uh, the look and everything of the movie. So uh, it's, I mean, Ghost World. If you haven't seen it, it's an absolute no brainer. You you have to see this movie. I think for us it came out at the exact right moment in our lives. And so I think for a lot of people, maybe they don't um, look, look at it as fondly as we did. But I mean, for me, it, it's so funny when I go back and I, and I watched it for a review, I was just like, Holy shit. Like this movie, it, it, it spoke to me in such a specific way. Like the characters were going through the same shit that I was going through at that time. And it was just, uh, it was just such this, it was such a, um, you know, perfect. It came out at just the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, it's, it was one of those movies that really kind of opened up the world of cinema to me and, and to you too, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I remember we, we watched this movie just over and over again. Just, we watched yes. it so many times and like and the quotes, like we would be constantly quoting it, like Brad Renfro's character and, uh, the dude in the, um, <laughs> uh, rock and roll baby freedom of speech <laughs> like that like that dude and it's, it's and it's funny because i haven't seen it since then so that's one that i like i need to revisit that one because it's so it is odd how you have those movies where you just like we like you said we watched this thing too many times and i haven't seen it in ages yeah and, and i almost i almost don't want to you know what i mean i don't want to it holds up I would feel it probably does hold up. It does. This one holds up. There's a lot of movies that I look back fondly of when I was younger and I watch now and they do not hold up. This one does hold up extremely well. It really does. That's good. That's good. That's and good. the uh, the Criterion Blu-ray is definitely, like I would say, the definitive edition to get. It looks great. It has a, um, it has a comic book in it. It's got like a... Uh, um, it's got your typical booklet in it that, you know, is in a lot of the criteria yeah. that has essays and stuff, but then it also has a comic book in it. That's sort of a selection of the ghost world comics. And I definitely recommend it. Uh, what's the other criterion we got? The other criterion is a box set. It's the second 
box set of Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project. It's exciting. So this, yeah, this is. Uh, so we got a film from. It's a, it's a box set of six. All right, we got a film from the Philippines, Thailand, Kazakhstan, Brazil, Turkey, and Taiwan. Hmm. The, you know the work that he's been doing with the the Film Foundation. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely worth it, right there. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think that that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We will see you next week.